Come Holy Spirit, in this great solemnity Pentecost, we pray that you would pour forth again just the very gift of your life, your sevenfold gifts, charisms, and graces upon us. Pray today, as always, that you would make our minds and hearts and souls fertile soil for the gospel, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate these scriptures and these great mysteries for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Feast of Pentecost, the great renewal of the church. As we celebrate this time of this, this unique, miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the disciples. Christ had, had risen and for 40 days had been with the disciples and teaching them and reminding them and instructing them, encouraging them. And then he ascended to the Father and told them, go into the city, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the gift of the Spirit and wait for the gift of the Father. And so on that, that Pentecost day, as they're in the upper room, they're praying with Our Lady is present. And we read in today's first reading the miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon them. And then what ends up happening from there, the church has consistently seen Pentecost as the birth of the church. And the birth of the church really from two places, the side of Christ on the cross as the blood and water poured forth, and the feast of Pentecost. That from there, the apostles, the disciples, right, who were afraid, who were fearful, and going out into the world, that it was at that moment they received through the power and grace of the Holy Spirit, the courage and the gifts to move forward. So that, that miraculously, on that, that first Pentecost, that the Lord just wanted to manifest in that moment what he wanted to do for the rest of the history of this world and leading others to salvation. The proclamation of the healing reality of the gospel. The salvation that comes through Christ. And so they began to preach literally in other languages so that all these people gathered together like, what is going on? We hear them speaking in our own languages and we are from different countries and different places. And thousands committed themselves to Christ and were baptized in that moment, in that initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But the church has been clear that the desire of God, the desire of the Holy Spirit, is not that that reality remains only in history. Not that it remains only in history, but that it is to be lived out in every place, in every time, in every situation, right, in every church where there are baptized Christians, <coughs> that we too, we too have received the life and the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Today, St. Paul tells us that some manifestation of the Spirit has been given to everyone 
for the good of all. It's some manifestation, some gift of the Spirit. Sometimes I think as Catholics, we look at other people. Maybe we, we read about the lives of the saints or we hear about them or we think of these big figures, you know. Well, only they really have the Holy Spirit. Only they really have the grace to, like, do something important for the Lord. And that is a lie. It is a lie from the enemy who wants to keep us bound in fear, who wants to keep us from manifesting what the Lord wants to do in our life. And so maybe you've asked yourself the question, and, and hopefully you have. If you haven't yet, then today is the day to begin. Like, what is the unique purpose? What is the unique mission that God has created me for in this world? How does God want me to manifest his love, his mercy, his goodness, his encouragement, his compassion, his salvation for other people in my life, through my life? If you, I mean, sometimes we ask that question in, in different ways, but as, as Catholics, as Christians, we need to ask it very specifically, like, how does the Lord want to use me in the unique way he has created me, and the unique way he has gifted me through the Holy Spirit at baptism and confirmation to manifest his glory. Because none of us are meant to be the same. None of us. We are all this unique creation, and this unique work of art as one aspect and one member of the body of Christ. St. John Paul II would, would speak of what the, the Holy Spirit wants to do in each of our lives, right? Like not just priests, not just religious, every single baptized Christian. He has a totally unique contribution. God has a totally unique contribution in building up the kingdom of God that he desires in and through you, in and through me, in and through all of us. How do we discover that? How do we live that? a lifelong journey, but I want to I offer to you today just one very important aspect of that, is that if we can begin to discern and then exercise the unique charism or charisms that God has given me, that God has given you, then that is going to point us into how God wants to use us. Because he's given us a gift not to be bottled up, not to be right, put under a bushel basket, but to be manifest to and for the world. So then the question is, well, what is a charism? St. Paul talks about the charisms in the scriptures. The church speaks about the charisms. What is that? A charism, if you just take the Greek word, right, it's a gratuitous gift. And in and through the scriptures, the church understands what, what gratuitous gift? A gratuitous gift of God that in a unique way manifests the kingdom of God to and for someone else through my life. So grace is given to us through the sacraments in, in, the, in two different ways. One is called sanctifying grace. Right, when I'm baptized, that I receive grace that configures me to Christ, that puts me in union with Jesus. When I receive the Eucharist, when I go to confession, when all the sacraments give us sanctifying grace. We become in union with the Lord and more conformed to him. 
But the Lord also gives what's called this gratuitous grace, these charisms, which are not meant for me, but are given to me to use for others. That others would come into contact with God. Like it is part of his, God's divine providence that we are not all given the same gift so that we can be brought together in communion with each other, that we can work together, and that we're not so independent, that we're so self-reliant, but we see that we're part of the bigger body of Christ. And to also allow us to participate in the Lord's mission of salvation and sanctification of the world. So if you ever thought to yourself, Man, I would really like to do something important with my life. The Lord has invited you, has called you through your baptism to participate in the sanctification and the salvation of the world. Hopefully we realize that that's pretty important. That there is nothing more important than that. And that it is not given just to some Right, St. Paul is, is clear, right? To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. What benefit? The building up of the kingdom of God. Well, then how then do I discover these charisms that the Lord has given me so that, that I can manifest this in some way? Because they are varied in their character. Some of them are ones people may be thinking about charisms with like the more extraordinary ones, the gift of healing or of prophecy, but you also have some that God manifests really beautifully also for the sanctification of the world, also for the building up of the kingdom of God and the salvation of souls that might not seem so big or great, but are really incredible. Gift of service. Actually, administration is a charism. Right? Not just something, administration sometimes is some things that we have to do, but the Lord gives us. St. Paul lists administration as one of the charisms of the gift in the Bible. So that the Lord gives people this gift so that they can orchestrate things in such a way, in a supernatural way, that it helps manifest the kingdom of God in this world. I have not been given that charism. <laughs> right? But we have folks on staff who have been, blessed be God, for the body of Christ. The charism of organization, I do not have it, right? It's just true. People are looking at me and laughing and they're like, because they work with me, and they're like, yeah, yeah, he doesn't have that one already. So, but like, how do we discover what charism the Lord has given and how? I mean, the charism of, of music, however the Lord, of, of um, encouragement, and being able to sit with someone, and there are some people, right, that maybe you've encountered in your life that in some form or fashion, like, you sit down with them, and you don't have a clue. You, like, you walk away from the conversation, and you're like, I don't even know what they said. I don't even know if they said anything, but I feel more at peace. I feel more settled. I feel more hope in my life because I've spent time with them. Well, it's not because maybe they have this great wisdom or they have a doctorate in psychology. Sometimes it's just because the Lord has given them the charism of encouragement, this unique way in which they just heal, the charism of hospitality. Like some people, I don't know, you just kind of, you walk into their homes and it, it may be an absolute mess, right? 
But there's just this peace. There's just this settledness. You're like, man, the Lord is just here or present in some way. So how do I discover how the Lord, because if we discover the charisms that God has given us, then it's like, okay, then I need somehow in my life to use that. Because when I use the charism that God has given me, it brings me life. And also it allows God to be manifest in other people's lives. And so first and foremost, to begin to discern our charism is to live the life of discipleship that we talk about all the time. Like encountering the Lord through prayer, encountering the Lord through the sacraments, consistently, regularly coming to confession, of praying with scripture, of seeking to serve others, just living the life of discipleship, reading the scripture so that my relationship with the Lord is real and true. And God is moving. Not perfect, right? None of us are perfect. But that there's an active participation with the Lord in this life of discipleship. And then I need to look for the sign. What are the signs that a charism is present? First, that when I exercise it, again, it's like I feel like I'm alive in a unique way. That I feel like the wind is in my sails and like I was made for this. Like whatever this thing is, and there's some people and you have this charism of hospitality, when they're like welcoming people into their home and they're cooking things and all this, it's just like, this is the coolest thing in the world. Me, not so much, right? It's not, I'm like, this, I'm gonna burn this, you know? This is not gonna go well. But then people feel this, this movement of the Holy Spirit in that as well. The second sign is that there's supernatural fruit supernatural fruit. There's clearly God is doing things in and through you as you exercise this charism that is beyond natural talent, that is beyond natural ability. You know, some people may be great orators, but the heart is never touched. Maybe some people are great musicians in some way, or great cooks, or are great tactical administrators, but in some, like, it's the supernatural fruit not the natural gift, but the supernatural fruit that people encounter the Lord's goodness, his mercy, his grace, his healing, that they want to be in closer relationship with him because you have exercised this charism. And the third sign is this, is that people will give you positive affirmation for it. And again, not so much like, hey, that was really good, but like, I don't know what was going on, but like, I experienced, and they may not say it so directly, right, but I experienced in some form or fashion healing, comfort, grace, mercy, an encounter with the Lord, a movement towards Him when you did this. And over a, over a period of time, right, this takes time to discern these things, over a period of time, if we have consistently these three things that when I'm exercising this particular charism, that there is like feel like the wind is in my sails, that there's supernatural fruit that's being poured out, that other people are asking me for it and affirming me of these fruits, then I can begin to be confident like, yes, this is how the Lord has gifted me. And then when you figure that out, live in that space. Like wherever the world's greatest need is and wherever you feel like your charism is, where those two things overlap, hang out there as much as you can. Because that's when the Lord is going to move in and through you the greatest for the sake of the kingdom of God. And I'll tell you, when this begins to happen within a community, 
miraculous things. But just very, very shortly, the parish I was before this, or the two parishes in school I was before this, the Lord just wanted to teach me, I think, in a certain way and other things like this reality. But we started, we, we went on this workshop called Called and Gifted. And by the grace of God, hopefully eventually we're going to have that over here because I've been wanting it for a while. So Jesus, come on, let's make it happen, right? And it was this learning about the charisms and how to discern them. And so after we're going through this process and we're walking over the years, and as people began to discover how God gifted them, the whole community, not just the church parish, the whole community started to come on fire. We had a food bank that was literally dying. Like the, the Greater Baton Rouge Food Bank was like, look, this is not working out so well. We might have to shut you down. And the volunteers were just overworked. There were three people. Well, a couple of years later, they, the three volunteers went consistently to eight to 10 volunteers. We started serving not only just 40 families before, but 80 plus a week. And on some of the bigger weekends, it was 100 plus. And the, we had more food than we could give away. Because people who had this cares of mercy and service, they started to just work in the food bank. And God just started to bless it. We had ministry to the homebound, again, that was just a few people and not really robust. And then people who had these particular charisms began to discern and get involved, and the ministry to the homebound exploded so that we had multiple people in these groups going around praying with people, bringing the Holy Eucharist, sowing things for them just out of nowhere. We had a men's group. It was non-existent. This men's group grows, and then it expands to two other parishes. I mean, you just... It's just really beautiful. People started this Stevens ministry to help people who are grieving through the grieving process because they begin to discover, wow, like, yeah, I'm just a normal person, but the Lord has given me a gift and I want to use it. So God desires this in every place and every time. I want to invite you, if, if the Lord is tugging at your heart a little bit, here's a good book to start with. It's called Fruitful Discipleship. Fruitful Discipleship by Sherry Waddell. And this is just a little bit of a primer to begin to understand the charisms and how to discern them in your life. And she quotes church documents over, like just constantly in here. So if you like primary sources as well, just pick this up and you can read all of her footnotes and go to all those documents. It's pretty incredible. But first and foremost, I want us all to pray. I want us all to pray every single day, come Holy Spirit and help me to discern the charism that you have given me or the charisms that you have given me so that I can then experience the joy, right, of working in communion with the Lord and that I can be more fruitful in helping build up the kingdom of God. And God will move. And like all of us, it's not the same. And it's not all meant. Most of us exercise our charism outside the walls of the church. Outside the walls of the church. Because the world needs the Lord. So it's not about finding a quote-unquote ministry inside of these walls. But discovering how God wants to use you, particularly in the world. Particularly out there. So that you can be his hands and his feet, all of us in this grace. And so we pray for this outpouring. We pray for this greater discernment um, to, to discover how the Lord has gifted us so that he can manifest that in our life. To each individual, some manifestation of the Spirit is given for the benefit of all. Come Holy Spirit, 
Remind us of the gifts you have given. Teach us of the gifts you have given at baptism and confirmation and help us to discern those cares and live them fruitfully that the kingdom of God may grow and abound here and for eternal life. We ask this in the most holy name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.